With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. By DraftKings, we're going to be joined by Dan Bates. ABC Rochester, 13 Wham sports anchor and reporter. I've been covering the Bills for a while, so he's going to join. A good job producing by the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw live. Downtown Las Vegas there, Fremont Street at the D. Dustin said, look, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Kansas City. We've got to go to the Bills locker room. We've got to go get the temperature on what that franchise feels like after uh, the loss yesterday to Kansas City. So Dan Fates joins us. Tremendous. At Dan Fates on Twitter, ABC Rochester, 13 Wham sports anchor and reporter Dan we're going to give you the platform so you you give us an idea of what the city of Buffalo is experiencing today uh it's Groundhog Day guys that that's what it's like right now in Buffalo um it just kind of feels like we've seen this before um I've been at these locker cleanouts before for the second straight year their season ends with a playoff loss at home for the third straight year, their season ends in the divisional round. And for the third year out of the last four, it ends at the hands of, of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a tough pill to swallow. There, there's no getting around it. And this, going into the game last night, I felt very confident. Um, I even was telling people in the press box before the game that I thought 24 points would be enough to beat this Chiefs team. But that was a classic Patrick Mahomes, New England Patriots, Tom Brady-like win. Just a gutsy win where we're in the locker room today and I was talking to a couple players that I'm close with and they were like, that's the best offense they've looked all year. One of them kind of joked to me, he goes, Marquez Valdez-Cantling hasn't caught any of those passes and he catches two of them in man coverage. Like, it was one of those things where like, even they couldn't believe it. Josh Allen talked to him at the podium, you know, this, this feeling and that it motivates him and all of these things. And then he kind of says, I feel like we should be practicing today. Like, this was a team that had won six games in a row and was playing their best football of the season heading into this game. That They really they didn't think that there would be any shot of not practicing. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Chiefs continue to be this Bills team's kryptonite. Dan, Sean McDermott in the regular season is 58-24, and 0-5 and now in the closeout games in the, regular, in the postseason. That's just the reality of it. Would yeah. they look to make a change possibly? What is the fan base thinking? What is the speculation in the media there? Uh, fan base and what we actually think will happen are two totally different things. Trust me, my DMs on X or Twitter are filled with Sean McDermott can't coach. Uh, I don't think that's the case. 
Um, I don't think he's lost that locker room one bit. Uh, Josh talked about some of the BS, as he put it, that he had to go through this season that he shouldn't have had to. Mitch Moore said he's so proud to be on a team that is led by a man like Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott has not lost that Bills locker room an ounce. A lot of this team always talks about what happened at 6-6. Six and six. There was an article published, and the reports came out about his comments about 9-11 and all of these things. And everybody seemed to be jumping off the ship. And after that, the Bills had won, again, six in a row. I, I don't think there's any reason to move on from him. They've won the division. They've won the AFC East four years in a row. I, I get it. And, guys, my, my sports director, Mike Catalano, always brings it up. He's been covering the team for 30 plus years he was there for all four super bowl runs he talks about the difference between excuses and reasons and, and i'm not trying to make excuses because i know bills fans probably don't want to hear any of them or reasons but last year this team was gassed emotionally the tank was empty after the demar hamlin and everything that this team went through this year they won't say it i talked to a player today and he kind of smiled and just nodded injuries crushed this team at the end of the season um, they were without their top two corners or two out of their top three corners. Um, Christian Benford, they lost Trey White. They were without uh, Terrell Bernard, who was a massive in, was a massive piece of their defense at middle linebacker. They were without Matt Milano, who was all pro. They were banged up throughout the secondary. All of those things seemed to come to roost last night, and that was just a fact of it. Again, not making excuses, just saying reasons as to where it just feel like this team didn't have enough at full strength. And I get it. Hey, every team has injuries. You could talk to Browns fans. They, their team had tons of injuries, but you're just looking around going, they had two backup linebackers. They pulled up AJ Klein, who had, was on the couch uh, a month ago, playing out there when he was limping around the locker room today. You had Terrell Dodson, who's another middle linebacker, who's a special teamer. Those guys, the, the Chiefs attacked them. The Chiefs had eight plays of 20 plus yards yesterday. The Bills had none. That goes, that, that's all you really need to know. Dan Fates, Groundhog's Day, he says. He covers, of course, <laughs> Buffalo sports, including the Bills. Joining us here, Sharp Money. I, w- one of those 20-plus yard plays could have been Diggs. The, the throw from Allen was ridiculous. Yeah. Let me ask you this way. I'm curious what the other Bills players had to say about Josh Allen's performance yesterday because I feel like they Mm -hmm. owe him an apology. He was Superman. (laughs) He was so awesome in the game. He was spectacular. It was unbelievable. Um, He's had a couple of those games, especially on this six-game stretch, especially since Joe Brady has taken over as the interim play caller. You've just seen a more free Josh Allen. And this, again, Dawson Knox, talked to him today. He said he hopes he gets to play the rest of his career with Josh Allen. He goes, I think every person in that locker room would say the same thing. He's bloodied. He's bruised. He's limping. And he goes, he's a modern day gladiator. And I know there's a lot of talk about that. You know, he didn't hit deep throws and all these things. You can't place the ball any better into Stefan Diggs' hands. He's got to make no. the catch. And they, they missed on a couple of plays like that. And look, every time it seemed like the bills had a misstep yesterday, they seemed to catch a break. And Josh Allen was just one of those guys putting on the cape, in carrying this offense because they need more playmakers around him. I, I know that sounds like an easy cop-out to say, but they were missing Gabe Davis, who I don't think a ton of in the offensive game as the number two wide receiver, but Khalil Shakir, their number three wide receiver, was banged up at some point. Diggs is, was all of a sudden a foot injury popped up. So there, there have been problems, but, but I agree. I, I don't think you can ask anything more of Josh Allen, and I know – it's stupid that quarterbacks get all the blame for the losses and all the credit for the wins, but Josh Allen was phenomenal this postseason. He was great against the Steelers. Uh, he was great again, and again, tough conditions. 
just putting the team on his back. When nothing seemed to come easy, Josh would just take off and make something happen out of nothing. Um, third down conversions, fourth down conversions. Uh, I'll say this again, for the second time in a row that he's played the Chiefs in the postseason, he's deserved better. Dan, you mentioned Stephon Diggs. He's going to be 31 years old next year. He's still got another four years. There's an opt-out after next year. He has not had a 100-yard game since October 15th. At what point yeah. in time, do, is it on Diggs? Is it the system? What is the problem there with their number one receiver who, when he got there, looked like a number one and now has really fallen off that perch? Yeah, he was great all the way through last year until about week nine, and he kind of seemed to hit this ball. The whole team did. The Kent Dorsey offense last year really kind of sputtered at the end of the season. They seemed to be okay. Diggs had a couple of big games early on in the season, and then it sputtered again. So are you sitting there going, well, it's second half slump. Obviously, Diggs is getting up there in age. I will say this. Diggs deserves better than his stat lines show. And I will say this, going back to the New England game, the Chargers game, um, he, he was beat uh, in the Steelers game. He got behind the defense, and Josh missed him on some throws. We can compliment Josh, and we can – we don't have enough time on this interview to talk about how good Josh Allen is, but he's missed digs on a couple of deep throws. It, it, it just has happened. So, and again, he missed him for like a 75 yarder in the chargers game or the new England game. And I said, we would all think about this differently if he connects on one of them. And all of a sudden we look at him and we say, instead of digs, stat line being four for 40, it's five for 110 and a touchdown. And we go, Oh, this is all better. I, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Diggs is still a consummate leader. I'm on the sidelines. I'm filming the games. The dude is dialed in. This diva talk is, is blown out of proportion from people that aren't necessarily in Western New York on a day-in-and-day basis. The guy has been nothing but an amazing teammate, leader on the sidelines and in that locker room. He needs to step up. He is getting up there in age. The Bills need to find somebody that can also help alleviate some of the pressure. It was confusing because teams talked about, or you know, Josh and these guys, we all asked them about it, and they said, well, the way defenses are playing him. It's like, well, defense has always played Stefan Diggs a certain way. Like it wasn't like they all of a sudden just found out who Stefan Diggs is. So they have to find more creative ways to get him the ball. Look, last night he took a handoff. They did an RPO with Diggs in the backfield. They're trying to get him involved more, um, but it just wasn't working towards the end of the season. So Dan, what changes for next year? It sounds like McDermott's going to stick around. Does Brady stay as the OC? And like, what are the changes that need to be made? Look, their offensive line was one of a rare offensive line that every single starter played every single game. So their offensive line was great. Um, I think they need to add more skill position players. I, I think this offense needs to become more explosive. We saw that at times, but it just wasn't there this season. Even yesterday against Kansas City, great defense. It is very tough to have eight, seven-minute drives all the time that go eight, nine, ten plays. It's just tough. You have such a small margin for error. They need to have more explosive plays. They talked about it. Zero plays of 20 yards. James Cook had drop issues. I think they need to find another explosive, dynamic skill player in the draft. And look, Brandon Bean deserves a lot of credit for being the guy that traded for Stephon Diggs, but he hasn't drafted a wide receiver earlier than the fifth round, fourth round for Gabe Davis. Like you need to put these guys on young rookie deals that can make plays for Josh Allen in the passing game. Josh Allen is your quarter of a billion dollar investment. You need to make sure that you are giving him all the tools that he needs to be successful. So I think they, they revamp the offense. He can piece together the defense. We know you're gonna get Matt Milano back defensively. It's a huge boost. What happens with Trey white? He tore his Achilles back in week three, All those questions need to be answered. But to me, I'm reinvesting more and more money into Josh Allen and this Bills offense. Okay, Dan, 
Groundhog's Day. That's a good way of putting it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long week in Western New York. Thank yeah. you for the time. I know it's a busy day. ABC Rochester, 13 Wham sports anchor, reporter. Good follow on Twitter at Dan Fates. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. Thanks guys for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, not a fun week. No. <laughs> like <laughs> lowest rated AFC championship game television coverage is gonna be in that market. <laughs> they it's just like I was trying to explain, I was saying this to Dustin earlier. I was saying it to my brother-in-law yesterday. It's like, what Detroit and what the Lions are doing, what it does for the community, what it does for the economy. Like normal years, nobody's out of their pajamas on a Sunday like that, leaving the house. Yesterday in Michigan, everybody was gathering, whether it be at the house or going to a restaurant or bar to meet up together. It, it, it's the sports. We forget about it because we work in it, but sports continue to be the great unifier. Speaking of unification, how about my guy Dan Campbell? When we come back, you're going to get emotional, I promise. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Omaha Steaks, delicious. And with Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, V-S-I-N, you will get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Check out omahasteaks.com slash vsin. 
V-S-I-N, the big guy with a text. 75% of the money is already on Detroit to cover on Sunday. Just taking a peek at the number. Most shops still showing seven. So Detroit Lane, excuse me, San Francisco Lane seven, Detroit catching seven. And then Baltimore DraftKings, when we opened, had Baltimore still minus three. They have gone to three and a half. So pretty much everybody across the market now showing Baltimore laying three and a half. We'll have plenty uh, of insight from Steve Fezzik coming up in just a little bit, professional handicapper. Mike Stone, Stoney, a legend in Detroit on radio, is going to join us in about 29 minutes to discuss just the vibes right now, which are immaculate in the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher, and I've got a bone to pick. And Dustin, you might be able to assist me on this a little bit. I've raved about Reggie, our director. He does a great job. But my man got in my ear during the last break when you went to the bathroom, shocker. And he said, Patrick, you know, you're talking about the futility of the Lions, but I don't hear you going on about how much success the other teams have had. And... You know, me, a little bougie, I said, who is this? Don't speak to me. I'm the host. No, I said, um, first off, what are you talking about? Secondly, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, what about the 84 Tigers? And what about the bad boy Pistons? And what about the hard hat Pistons? And what about the Red Wings? Four championships in my lifetime, 11 Stanley Cups of Maul Shaw, 25 straight seasons from 91 to 16, making the postseason. And I just had to step back for a second and said, I can't comment on this. I can't comment on it right now. I will when I return. First off, your boy was posted up on his dad's lap while he was fixing the car in the garage in Sterling Heights, Michigan, when the Bless You Boys Tigers beats the San Diego Padres. Padres, shout to Tony Gwynn, okay? Bless you, boys. Secondly, Back-to-back, 89-90, Zeke, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, the bad boy Pistons, Big Daddy Rich, and Chuck Daly. Look up! Talking about the electrical wires, Isaiah Thomas doing PSAs. Get the hell out of here. Secondly, if you want to start talking about Scotty Bowman and Steve Eiserman and Fedorov and Konstantinov, and we can go on, Darren McCarty, Amal Shaw, we can go on and on, but Scotty Bowman's the greatest coach regardless of sport in the history of organized sports, so that's that. And then thirdly, the hard hat Pistons. This is for you, Reggie. Uh, in 04, when the Pistons beat the Lakers, all-star team of Kobe, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, of course Shaq, where was I? I was in Charleston, South Carolina, but where was I for the game? I drove a rental car from Charleston to the Palace of Auburn Hills to watch a game, watch the game in the finals, drove back that night to Charleston, South Carolina. By my math, that's like 700 miles. So with all due respect... When you come in here talking about where's the respect for the other success you've had in the city of Detroit, you can find me in a rental in 04 driving on no sleep to the Palace of Auburn Hills to support the team. Thank you. First of all, great argument and great uh, recollection. Reggie, that's for you. (laughs) Would you trade all of those championships for one Lion Super Bowl? Great question. (laughs) Don't do your... You see that corner? You're not going to back me into it. You can't back me into a corner. Oh, I know. Yes, no, is, the, I know yes is the answer, yes, but no is also yes, the answer. No, that's the As long as I've, I've, I met you in 2016, yes spring is the answer, of 2016, no is the and all you've done since I've met you 
is talk about how this team has broken your heart over and over again. And every time I tried to tell you to believe a little bit, you'd be like, don't do that, man. They will always let you down. They will always crush your soul. Do not buy into anyone thinking this team's going to do, ever do anything. They've done nothing in your lifetime, nothing in your father's lifetime. So I, I have a question. I grew up a Browns fan in Cleveland. We have the drive, the fumble, three AFC championship games. I always say John Elway single-handedly ruined my childhood. Is it worse to have been on the doorstep and thinking Biner's in the end zone? You're getting ready to go to overtime. You've got 98 yards. You've got Dixon and Minifield, the best corners in the game at the time, and five minutes, and it's outdoor, cold conditions at Municipal Stadium. Or would you just never rather be there? Me, personally, I'd never rather be there than have that heartache oh, to deal with. That's so hard. Until yesterday afternoon, I had not only not been on the doorstep, I hadn't been in the driveway. So <laughs> I finally have an opportunity to tell you after Sunday what it feels like to be on the doorstep. And I can give you that answer on Monday again. Let's just repeat. Okay. I rented a car on a Tuesday in Charleston. I returned it on a Wednesday and the dude took a look at the odometer and said, how did you put 1500 miles on this car in one day? I said, I'm supporting Chauncey Billups. Ever heard of him? I still, I still think you swap it out with all due respect. My heart rate's going up, and I take beta blockers. <laughs> Don't support the team. I'm like the dude from Seinfeld painted up. <laughs> got to support the team. I got to support, support the team. Who was the first person at the parade with a million people in Detroit when Detroit won the Stanley Cup for the first time, and then the second time, and then the third time, and then the fourth time? Who was out there emulating Isaiah Thomas's jump shot in his in his driveway? Not Reggie, me. So with all due respect, okay, Lance Parrish, okay, six four three, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, okay, Jack Morris, okay. Should I continue? It's almost the most disrespectful thing ever said to me in the years that I've worked at this network. But I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. They've also had a history of great coaches and managers. Sparky, Chuck Daly, coached the Dream Team, won two titles. Larry Brown, the only coach to win both NBA and college basketball title. And, of course, Scotty Bowman, in my estimation, the greatest hockey coach of all time. And now Monty Williams yeah. in that city. Shut up. <laughs> see, that, this is what you do. You take – see, you're piling on. And I, it's not going to happen. You're not going to wreck my buzz today, bro. You're not going to do it. Monty Williams, okay, <laughs> he, he, he should rent, not buy, is one thing I will say. <laughs> and when he rents, he can rent a lot because he's getting 80, gar 80 million yeah, guaranteed. Say, they paid him so much, he could buy, just sell it and flip it and <laughs> yeah. make more money that way, too. Right. This ain't HGTV, okay? <laughs> it, it, but it, Monty Williams is not Big Daddy Rich, okay? Because the only human being on the planet, Reggie, that could have went and worked with that dream team and all those egos is one. Chuck Daly. Look him up, kids. That's it. Scotty Bowman? You're going to talk to me about Scotty Bowman? The, uh, if he had a foot ache, I would massage it. Okay? <laughs> Scotty freaking Bowman? Stop it. Are we going to talk about Chris Draper on a Monday after the Lions just advanced to the NFC Championship <laughs> game? And by the way, I know they're catching seven. If you think Dan Campbell is concerned 
about that Charmin, a.k.a. Kyle Shanahan Nepo up there in the Bay. I don't think he's concerned at all because the way Shanahan handled that end of the first half, Dan Campbell's sitting there eating Omaha steaks right now. Like, I use the code VEASAN and I just keep eating because that's what we're going to do to the 49ers. Reggie. Little, little Texas versus Texas A&M on the rivalry on the coaching sideline here on Sunday. I also it, 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 he, he got four free air chilled chicken breasts because he can't stop eating. Oh, he's a big carnivore guy. You know that. You know Dan Campbell's you, you on the carnivore. You know Dan Campbell's guy. a vegan. Of course, has, what do you think? He hasn't had a vegetable in like three presidents. <laughs> The only vegetables he gets are the ones that come with the side of steak. There was an element of Detroit <laughs> yesterday where I thought that they were not having to show their most creative stuff and still succeeding on offense. I think there's been some stuff saved in their back pocket for this weekend. Uh, I know what you're saying. I mean, Ben Johnson's brilliant. You know no, but I think they're going to do the some weird stuff. It, 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 you, you have to. Montgomery wasn't great in the game. You, the it, Jameer Gibbs is a difference maker. Like there is no chance, and I don't even care. Like I know Bijan Robinson, he's super talented. He fumbles all the time. There is no chance you say straight up one for one right now that I would flip him. Right? I mean, I would not take Bijan over Jim, Gibbs. Is special, and he was awesome in the game. There's Ben Johnson's brilliant. Maybe. I hope there's still some left in the tank. I mean, because all we hear about is Shanahan's brilliant play calling, but this Ben Johnson is, he's something else, boys. I, I'll just say this. I'm in Ross St. Brown's going to have a monster game next weekend. He, it was Laporta this week. You mentioned Gibbs. He was outstanding. That touchdown run. I love watching the, just the separation he creates between stiff any, arm. Yeah, well, the linebacker's trying to chase him. I'm like, why? Just save your breath. Niners allow six most receptions, eighth most receiving yards. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the running backs. I thought it was receiver. Fourth most receptions to re receivers. Amon Ra's a guy who gets fed over and over again. If he has eight receptions, it wouldn't shock anyone. I need to take, I, you know what? I need to take a lap. You got triggered. <laughs> I, I got, yes, I got triggered. Go to your safe space. Fake. I, I, need to find, I, need, I need to go to my, I, I, I promise. That was a little emotional when we come back. Emotion from Daniel Campbell. Next, Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get a VSIN Pro annual subscription for $199. It's a great deal. Daily best bets, betting splits, big game betting guides. We've got you covered. When you use the promo code SHARP, you get a discount. Right now, vsin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're going to be joined by Mike Stone. Stone, he's going to join. He's a legend in Detroit and sports talk. He's coming up in just a few minutes. Get an idea of what the city, as it's kind of sinking in, the idea that the Lions are headed to the NFC Championship game up in San Francisco. Amal Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We encourage Steve Fezzik, who will be joining professional handicapper. He's going to talk about those openers, talk about the Lions seven and a half to one, what to do there. Uh, he's dealing with some rain and traffic. We just want to say, Steve, be safe. The seat will be warm for you when you get there at the D. Okay. Now I promised a motion. The dog's upset now. Reggie upset my dog. 
all that yelling. Now, you know, Jeezy, she's being sensitive. Um, again, I almost named her Scotty Bowman, almost named her Rashid Wallace. We went with Jeezy because I like the rapper. Anywho, uh, fellas, uh, let's do this. It, it, it's kind of one of those things where Campbell is good. He's not great in the post game, but because he's the largest man of all time and is kind of like very hokey, people th- kind of painted as being better. Is that, is that fair? Like, Oh, you wait till you see this Campbell speech. And he's mostly just like, what's up, man. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. He sells <laughs> but, it. Like a, it's like a WWE post game. Yeah. He's, he, 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 yeah. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's fine. Um, okay. So you, you promised some good sound here from my guy. What's up? Yeah. Let's first, uh, Dan Campbell looking back on the win over Tampa Bay yesterday and how the game plan went. We knew we needed to come out and throw it against this team. You know, we need to be efficient with the pass if we get some explosives. We weren't able to do that. Second half we were, and then we were able to lean on the run a little bit. You know, once we felt like maybe we could loosen them up, and, you know, Gibbs breaks one there at the end. Um, so those were pivotal for us. But ultimately we knew it was going to be that type of game, you know. And, um, and it was. And that's playoff football. <laughs> That's my guy. That's my guy. Okay, we're ramping up. What else you got here? All right. Dan Campbell was asked about, I guess it was heading into the year, what he believed this team would be. I envisioned that we would have a chance to compete with the big boys, and that's where we're at. All you got to do is get in, you know, and it's about placing yourself the very best position to where you can move. You get, to, you get a home game, and then maybe you get a second home game, and now all of a sudden it gets a little easier, you know. If you're able to get a one seed, you only got to win two games, right? And so that's, that's always the objective. But ultimately, once you get in, then it's about matchups, and you find a way to win, and you may have to win two to nothing, and it's okay. You know, it's okay. A win's a win in the playoffs. So, um, you know, here we are. And now we get to go to San Francisco <laughs> and, you know, we know what kind of team that is, but um, we're in a great position. We've got a great opportunity. Yeah, he's fine. He, he doesn't really say much. Uh, it, what, I think one of the clips that's, and I know we have another clip, but one of the clips that's circulating this is and it. for good reason is, no, 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 not that one, from, remember, when they were on Hard Knocks a couple of years ago. It, I don't think that's the one you have. No. Where he was telling his team, it was a very dramatic moment where he was telling the Lions, like, please, all I do is think about you. You have to trust me. And he was like, cry, he was getting emotional. And he was like, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. We're building something. You have to work harder. The team didn't have a good day in Pats during training camp. And he was just willing them and saying, believe in me, believe in me. And it, like, I guess... You know, I, what I took from that is authenticity because he's a big ass dude that's like basically crying uh, and I not to rag on Kyle too much, but it, it does feel like there's a little inauthenticity there. And like with with Campbell, it's very authentic. And I think this clip will show it. Right, Dustin? Yeah. Dan Campbell went on to say he knows that this Lions squad connects with the city of Detroit. Well, I think it's important, right? I mean, you can't, I don't know if it's, you know, it's not the first thing you think of if you go to LA or just in general, right? You got the sun, you got the beach, you got plenty of other things going on in here, man. Man, it's harsh winters, right? Auto industry, blue collar, um, things aren't always easy. Um, And I just think that's, you know, that's what we're about. And that, that was, 
you know, you want something the city can be proud of. Though You can look at those guys and say, man, I can back that guy. I can back that team. You know, I can resonate with those group of guys. Um, you know, they're kind of salty. You know, they, they don't quit. They play hard. Um, and so I, I feel like we've done that. And I think these guys, you know, they have a kinship with this city in this area. And they love it. Yeah, that's the perfect clip. And he that is very well said by Dan Campbell. As somebody that was watching the Detroit Lions beat the Bucks from Los Angeles in the sun yesterday, I can tell you I was very much because I just was home for Christmas. And as I left, I think it got dark around noon. It was cold. It was gray. It was nasty. And as I left, I, f I flew into Los Angeles in the middle of the night and it felt like it was lighter outside than it was in Detroit when I left at noon, just to give you a contrast. So there is, you know, there are a lot of hardworking blue collar people that should be very proud. And I'm, I'm super happy for them. That's 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 really what I have to say about that. I thought he summarized it beautifully. Right. He's from a small town in Texas, Glen Rose, population is less than 3000 people. But he understands the one thing I will tell you, Dan Campbell, when he was at A&M, when he was with the Cowboys, other teams, this guy's just a hardworking guy, right? He wasn't an overwhelming talent, third round pick, found, carved out 11 years in the National Football League. I think the one thing that you get with him is the players genuinely believe him and follow him. He is the leader of that football team. You know, he may not necessarily be the most articulate in terms of presenting certain things, but he is just a fantastic guy to lead that team. And that's why you see where they're at and you see the way they play and they play extremely hard. I think there's a level of respect and no disrespect to Shanahan, Harbaugh, um, Andy Reid and these guys. But these guys know what he's gone through. He's played in the league. He's tried to achieve that goal of getting to the Super Bowl and winning it all. And now they're 60 minutes away from potentially accomplishing that. And then one other thing I would add, I think a lot of places, I know Buffalo obviously is upset this week and it's going to be tough for them today and the rest of this offseason. But you look at places like Cleveland. Cincinnati, um, Minnesota's never won a Super Bowl. All these teams that have been either close or not come through, the Browns have never been to a Super Bowl, just like the Lions. I, I think there's a certain amount of pull for people for these areas. They're all kind of from similar weather types of situations, other places, somewhat blue collar towns. And I think people understand and appreciate what the Lions have been able to achieve to this point in time. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm really happy. And it, Mike Stone will do a better job than I, as he is still in the great state of Michigan. He's been on the radio airwaves there for over 30 years. So he's going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, I think what, a lot of what you said is true. It, it's, it's just a different vibe in the city of Detroit and he's done a hell of a job. So okay, but there, you have to capitalize Dustin. There, there is an element of capitalization. It's not just, and I'm the defense underwhelms me, although lately it's been playing better, uh, but Aaron Glenn could potentially move on and Ben Johnson, 1000% is going to move on. So Dan Campbell, like Sirianni, will have a different staff next year. You have to take advantage of these opportunities this year. Yeah, I, I think the pressure's on because of that. I think there's also a level of those guys. Like I saw Jared Goff had a had a moment where he shouted out Aaron Glenn, and like I think there's a mo a part of the team where they're they're aware of that and they know that they have to. And also, it could help those guys get a job. Maybe not Johnson, but maybe Aaron Glenn if things go a certain way down the stretch here. I just think when you have Dan Campbell in charge, I think connecting with people, making decisions as a leader and CEO. 
I just trust him to find the next Ben Johnson. I know like there's it's harder than than I'm making it sound, but I just believe in that guy and his, his ability to connect with people and read people. And he's obviously connected with that roster and gotten more out of guys who, by the way, a lot of these guys weren't like hyped up players. Like we talked about the rookies, but there's a lot of guys in that roster that were overlooked and he's gotten more out of them than they have in other stops. So I just believe that Dan Campbell is going to find a way to do the right thing in the end. I'd ask you quickly, maybe you guys can think off the top of your head, outside of uh, Panay Sewell, Jameer Gibbs, and Taylor Decker. I know Goff was the first overall pick, but that was for another team. Who's been a guy that's a first-round stalwart on this team? I, I, there's like These are like guys that have worked themselves into this. Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't drafted maybe as highly yep. as he should have been, but he's really developed himself into a great receiver. As uh, Sam Laporta, I think it was Laporta's second round, correct? Uh, I'll give you a boring. I'll give you yeah. no. I'll give you a boring answer. The, probably the best player on the team is Frank Ragnow, and he's the center. Yeah, and he was drafted in the first round to the point where I made fun of it because let's be fair, we were doing the draft live on radio, and when your team drafts a center, it's pretty boring. So I just lit him up, said you can find a center anywhere, and Ragnow has been playing through injuries, and I think to a man, Taylor Decker had an emotional tribute to him. I think most believe he's the best center in football. Uh, probably the best player individually at his position on the team. So I would say that. I would say Ragnow kind of really that is the spirit of the team. People well, love that dude. Well, one guy who was a high pick was Hutchinson. I, I just want to point Hutchinson. out. Yeah. Hutchinson has eight sacks in his last four games. But that one sack, the, the first drive for the Bucks in the second half, like you may want to put a person over him. I don't know what he that literally was. just I, He just literally ran, sprinted to the quarterback. <laughs> I thought that was far of giving Strahan the sack. That was, that was something. Now, I was excited because that was momentum. 10-10, first drive, they were driving, and the sack moved them out of field goal range. But that was, you may, you may want to block the dude. Just a thought. Mike Stone, Stoney, next here at Sharp Money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet five bucks, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings, new customers, use that promo code VSIN, V S I N. Again, five bucks gets you 200 And everybody, every day at DraftKings, a no sweat, same game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the Esports betting network, the Lions are on to the NFC Championship, and there is nobody, literally nobody, better to frame it for us. Uh, Mike Stone, Stoney, and Jansen, 97 1, 6 to 10. He is an institution, a radio legend, 30 plus years in the city of Detroit. There was a great article actually about Stoney in the Detroit news recently. So here's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna get out of the way and you just you just you just tell us like what's the vibes? How does it feel? Just continue to talk. Go. Hey, Patrick, you of all people, I believe that the sentence that I'm going to say, the Lions are 60 minutes from going to the Super Bowl. No words. No words. It's something that most people thought they'd never see in their lifetime. Most of us haven't. I was around and I was actually working in television and I was at the last time they were in the NFC Championship game against uh, the Redskins uh, in, in the, ni- the end of the 91 season. But... Uh, this is unfreaking believable. They had the worst roster three years ago. They were three thirteen and one. Had a nice finish the last year, but nobody, nobody thought that they would be uh, where they are right now. It's it's incredible. The city is going bananas, and it's been an unbelievable few weeks. If my memory is correct, uh, sorry, Amal, that uh, Michigan won the national championship, but you know <laughs> it's it's incredible. It is freaking incredible what's going on in this town, football-wise, right now. Oh, first of all, Stony, congratulations. Wolverines had a great season, but the Lions yes, have supplanted that this year. We were talking a little bit yeah. earlier about just what it means and quantifying it, but tell me now why they're going to go to Santa Clara and win. Well, if you would ask me three weeks ago, I would have said they're not going to win. But and I know it's recency bias, and I know weather had something to do with it, and Debo got hurt. But for the first time, because early in the season, I thought it was the 49ers and everybody else, including my hometown, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, then I thought it was okay, it's San Francisco and Baltimore and everyone else. And I still think that, but for the first time Saturday night, correct me if I'm wrong, boys. The 49ers look somewhat vulnerable. I still think they're obviously, and they are where you are, the favorites, and they should be, and chances are they'll win the game. But I do think the Lions have a shot, which I never would have thought a few weeks ago. What's and the crazy, reason is they Mike. have the best offensive Their offensive line is incredible, and it's just, it sets up everything. And Ragnall, as you saw, is playing like a beast. Penny Sewell is the best right tackle in the football in the NFL right now. Sorry, Lane Johnson. Uh, and Goff is just being really, really good. And they have creative play calling. Sometimes they get too cute. And yeah, their defense, especially their secondary, 
kind of blows, but they've been able to bend, not break, and not give up a, a, a crap load of points. Were you? T- I was terrified. I thought Baker. I thought Baker. Ninety yards to go, a minute to go. Like, how did you feel? I thought. I genuinely thought they were going to score. No, I thought they would hold. I, and I'm usually the most pessimistic. And if you're a Lions fan, you have to be pessimistic. I thought they would hold out. I really did. Uh, I didn't expect Derek Barnes to make the play of his life, considering he whiffed on the Prescott sack in the Saturday night game when it was on the 95-yard C.D. Lamb play. That would have been a safety, and if Lions probably would have won that game. But, uh, no, I kind of thought they would bend, not break. And they've been against the Rams last week. They were real good in the red zone. Not as much yesterday, obviously, but I, I didn't think they were going to screw this up. Stoney, you cover the team. Tell us how the team responds to Dan Campbell, people, players you've talked to, what their thoughts are about him, and then what's probably the one thing that has stood out to you in a positive way about Dan Campbell, and you see why this team is 60 minutes from the Super Bowl. Well, it's the same, it's the same answer to both your questions. He's real. He's, you know, everybody, you know, when he was hired, the whole kneecap thing, but he's not a fake. He's enthusiastic. He, he drives them. People in the city around the country, they love him. And the players love him. And the staff, because most of the guys on that staff played in the National Football League. And the players relate to him. He's honest with them. I'm sure behind closed doors, he gives them crap. But he instilled this belief in this team. Uh, and it's taken, you know, probably shorter than they would like to admit because I think that's why they didn't make some move, more significant moves at the trading deadline. They didn't think they were this close, but man, oh man, he he's, he could run for mayor right now and, and win easily. <laughs> is and there then, a yeah, women, my... The funniest thing is women, women who don't even know much about football, everybody loves Dan Campbell. My, my wife's aunt, who's 90 years old, we visited her in Florida, and she said, you know, Michael, I don't know much. I hardly ever watch the Lions, but I love Dan Campbell. <laughs> Everybody loves the guy because he's real. He, he's authentic. You're right. There is an authenticity yeah. about him. Mike Stone, radio legend in Detroit, framing the Lions on their way to a championship game. I can't believe I'm saying it. Um, is there a sense? Is there a sense? I really can't. Is there a sense they need to capital? They're going to lose Johnson. Maybe you know, Glenn potentially. Is there a sense that they got to capitalize now because there's going to be changes next year? Well, they don't want to suffer what Philadelphia had with losing two coordinators, but they might. Uh, you ask most of the fans, and they're pretty much okay with losing Glenn, although I think it's more of a lack of talent, as we talked about in secondary, than actually the scheme. He's trying to do anything with what they have uh, in, in the back uh, of, of that defense. Ben Johnson, they're going to miss. But a lot of it is also Dan Campbell's imprint on the offense. It's not all Ben Johnson. I mean, he's really, really good. But he did some things yesterday. I mean, like in the first half, uh, and where Goff got sacked, it's third and one, and you're running shotgun empty, and you get sacked. You got Montgomery, you got Gibbs. Run the frickin' ball, or at least have a running back back there so you think going to run the ball and do a play action. Conversely, on the Reynolds touchdown, where he, uh, Craig Reynolds, when he went for it on fourth and one, that was a great play because. If you're Tampa said, oh, Craig Reynolds in there, he's a blocking guy. They're, they're not going to run the ball. They're going to throw it, and they gave him the ball, and he scored. So, yeah, Ben Johnson's really, really good. But sometimes uh, they get a little too cute. 
Stoney, if Detroit had to play Philadelphia, who would you have pulled for? Oh, stop. Oh, stop. The Lions. <laughs> Lions. The oldest, the oldest Easy. in the world. It's, in, it's, the, it's the Lions. Uh, because I, the Eagles, have, it's weird. Most people would always stick with their hometown. But I've been here since 1986. Oh, wow. Okay. And, you know... So I've had more, more than half of my old life has been here and not so much this uh, regime because of the job being in the morning and stuff. I don't get to go to practice that much because I got to take naps, stay awake in the morning. But I don't know the players. As well. But, you know, in the back in the days when I made that, you know, not a decision, it's just things like that happen naturally. When you know the players, when you know the coaches, when you're around the organization, I don't know anybody from Philadelphia. I mean, I remember 97 when the Flyers and the Wings played in the Stanley Cup Finals. The late Sean Burr said, who are you going to root for? He said, I mean, you know, I'll just let it happen naturally because let me ask you a question. If the Flyers win, would you be able to drink from the Stanley Cup? I said, no. He goes, well, you know, if we win, we will. You will. Said, no, that's a good point. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's wild? I can't, Stoney, I, I literally can't. Because you've, you've done it for 30 years, you and Woj and the crew. Like, but it's just been a bit. It's been shtick. The futility has been oh, shtick. Yeah. It just feels weird that they're actually it, good. It, this is wild. I know. It, it's, it's amazing. We started to this morning's show. I said, I can't believe I'm saying this. They're 60 minutes from going to the Super Bowl. Forgetting about winning it, just getting there. I mean, you, look, for all, as you know, Patrick, for years, one playoff win since 1957. Well, you can check that <laughs> box. They've never won two playoff games in the same season. You can check that box. Now, they've been to an NFC championship game before and played a decent first half, and the Redskins just smoked them. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's and it would, the craziest thing is, they're, they are, and you see the back headline of the New York Post today on the back page. Obviously, the uh, the Taylor Swift and all the you know the, the Chiefs Bills thing got the. But on the banner at the top, it said the real America's team, Buffalo Lions, and that's what they are. There's there's not one person on this team that you can sit there. I don't like him. Maybe you know Chauncey Gardner Johnson because he talks a lot of smack, but that's it now. And in, in, in the uh, society we live in, if this keeps up where they're really good for two or three years, eh, people get sick of Dan Campbell. Just like people get sick of Patrick Mahomes, which I don't understand. But, I, you know, after a while, you know, people got sick of Tom Brady. It's just it's the way we are. But right now, it's, it's unbelievable. They are America's team. They're America's underdog. And it's great. I got, t I got 20 seconds. Are you going to be in Vegas if they advance? Uh, it's, I would like to, I think so, but I'm not hundred percent sure. By the way, one of the highlights yesterday was seeing our boy, Derek Stevens in his suite. They flew out, they flew out 1 a.m. Vegas time, uh, yesterday, a morning, Saturday night. And then they flew back after the game. It was great. Incredible. Derek Stevens, Circa and the D. Stoney, you're the yeah. best. I'll see you yeah. soon, my friend. Patrick, let's talk. Thank you okay. all. Right, Thank thanks, you. Stoney. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Oh, I can't believe it. Fezzik snack. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.